Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Would you stand with me as we read God's word? What a wonderful passage, by the way. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. This is Paul, the Apostle Paul, speaking to the church in Ephesus and just as much to you and I when he says this. <clears throat> Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Amen. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for these words and how powerful they are in our world today, in the 21st century, in our nation, in our town, and in our own lives. Help us to understand them and apply it to our life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. This is the state of the church for 2022. And so I'm glad that you're here on this day. I've been uh, doing these for the last 23 years. Uh, this is my 24th year here. As I tell you, most years, I was sitting in my living room one year back in the late 90s watching Bill Clinton uh, give a State of the Union address. This is right after he got caught in the Oval Office doing things he shouldn't be doing with people he shouldn't be doing it with. And he got impeached. Remember that? It was a lot of fun. And then he goes in to give, but he, then he has to do a State of the Union address. And uh, you talk about embarrassing. So it was really a, a low moment. I mean, what do you say? What, what, everybody's hostile toward him. I mean, half of them are embarrassed. The other ones are, the other half is angry. And he gave a State of the Union address. I don't know if you remember that speech or not. It's probably on YouTube. Best speech I ever heard. I mean, I don't even like the guy. And, but boy, was that a good speech. At the end of the speech, I was thinking, hey, things are pretty good. <laughs> and I thought, wow, if he can give that much good news in the middle of how he's been behaving, surely I can share with the kingdom of God what God is doing and get people excited about how God is moving in our church. Now, we've had great years and we've had lean years at First Baptist Church. But today, I'm telling you, we have reason to celebrate because there's some things that happened this year that have never happened before in our history. The very fact that you're here this morning is part of that testimony. So I want to look at that today. And we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 here in just a minute in a little more depth. And so even if you're just visiting me today or you're just passing through town or you're watching online, I want you to know that passage alone is worth staying and listening to. But also it gives you an idea of what God is doing in the life of his church and his people in his kingdom. First, let's begin with a few highlights, and I try not to just throw too many facts and things like that at you. Uh, I could literally give you a million pictures, I think, but I'm not going to do that. Just a few brief highlights from our ministries, and I have to share with you just a few things that are going on in our church so that you have an understanding of what God is doing. So I'll start with ladies' ministry in 2021. We had a ladies' simulcast event called If Gathering. It was facilitated by Randy Brown, our associate pastor's wife. We had a women's small group that met on Sundays at 9 o'clock with Kathy Lockhart. They still do, by the way. We had a ladies' Monday night small group with Wendy Wilson, and some of their studies included Warrior Women, and God, there's the Warrior Women one, and God's Promises. Jen June led uh, the Respect uh, Dare series. <clears throat> the ladies' Tuesday night small group was led by Bobby Berg called Longing for Heaven, and she'll have a new study coming out this March. So I look forward to that. <clears throat> there was a study through the Bible on Thursdays at 1030 with Sharon Taylor all year long, still meeting. And then the ladies did service projects like our holiday meal baskets and angel tree families. 
uh, and just all kinds of things in ministries this year. For men's ministry, we had various men's Bible studies also during the week and on Sunday mornings, such as a study on Galatians and others. The men participated in outings, such as the Tarrant Baptist Men's Fish Fry and Glen Rose, among others. For our student ministry in 2021, this last year, our youth pastor Michael says, we focused 2021 on clarity. We wanted the students to fully understand what Jesus did for them on the cross and knowing that our identity is found in Christ. Uh, they did a, a, a youth series uh, they studied this year uh, over 2 Samuel, over Hosea, a study of the parables of Christ, the book of James, and topics about relationships and identity and many others. Uh, they hosted our Valentine's banquet, uh, which they were, they're going to do again in just a few weeks, by the way. They did a D-NOW uh, conference. They went to a Texas Rangers game. They played paintball. They went to a Dallas Stars game. They hosted Saw You at the Pole Rally. They had 150 in attendance to that. That was here at the church. And then DeMac uh, did a concert uh, also here. It's, uh, that's a pretty crazy guy there. And is, that, is that Michael? So there you go. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. And then uh, we had, uh, the youth had Reset Weekend as well. Uh, they had a big Christmas party where they went to sing Christmas carols at Legacy Oaks Retirement Home, and we had 56 students at that. Michael says we started out the year averaging 35 students on Wednesday night and finished the year with 52 in average attendance on Wednesdays. Significant growth in one year. These students, are, he says, are not just attending church, but they're working with the church by serving in countless ways with Upward Sports, with Vacation Bible School. They help with Backyard Kids Camp, Light Night, The Life of Christ. Uh, by the way, our Life of Christ drive through would not even be possible if it were not from the help from our youth. Not to mention our youth praise team that uh, leads in worship every fifth Sunday here in the worship service, as well as every week in, um, in the youth group. And also we have youth, as you notice, every Sunday morning who participate in the sign language uh, during the worship service as well. Michael also says, we also have the best group of dedicated adult leaders. They love, meet for uh, Bible study and are doing life with these students. And I'm so grateful for them. I'm so thankful to the parents for the amazing job they're doing raising these students. Lastly, he says, we're so grateful for the love and support this church shows time and time again for our students. So well done, student ministry at First Baptist Church. For our children's ministry, our children's minister, Robin Johnson, has shared that 2021 was a great year for all of our kids' programs, even in light of a pandemic. The Awanas program, for example, which meets on Wednesday nights, has been averaging 60, and uh, it is a thriving ministry. Of course, we continue with so many of our programs from VBS to, to Light Night. And this year, we have actually been able to add a new position to our children's ministry program, and that is a nursery director. That's Christera Presley. And so welcome aboard, Christera. Robin says, we also have been blessed with some wonderful new teachers and amazing, dependable veteran teachers. We are always, she says, on the lookout for people who have a heart for children and for ministry. Now, again, I'm just going to give you a little snippet of some of the ministries that we did this year. Some of you will remember and some will not. Some were a surprise to me. I'd already forgotten. But this includes, first of all, an Easter service that was unique this year. We had it outside. 
Do you remember that? If you went to that, what a blessing. God came through and gave us just a picture-perfect day. We stayed for lunch and watched the kids hunt Easter eggs and had a tremendous turnout. Again, in the whole COVID thing, you know, you might as well just make lemonade out of lemons. And so we could just have as many as we wanted outside. We ended up taking chair after chair after chair out. Um, and in the end, I think every chair we had in the building in every room was out there uh, for that event. It was tremendous. Another outdoor event that we had, again, just very unusual, was a tent revival this year. And there's Joe Thomas. He led our tent revival. You see the size of that crowd under that tent. And again, that was a fun time. That was just a blessing. We had a lot of people get saved at that. Uh, I think there's another slide. We had uh, people pouring out of the, the tent. We had to put out extra chairs. So some of our youth and, and folks had to sit out in the sun because there were so many there. We had 22 baptisms in 2021. We had a marriage conference. Yeah, amen. That's right. Now, go ahead. We had a... Um, <laughs> I love you guys. You can applaud without fear that somebody's going to hear you. You, you can just <laughs> applaud anytime you want to. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> where was I? <clears throat> we had a marriage conference. That's right. Amen. And uh, that went well. We had a COVID memorial service this year for those who had lost loved ones during the last couple of years during the COVID times. And again, because of, of so many stipulations, particularly last year, people dying, families couldn't be with them in the hospital when they passed away. Most of them were cremated. They couldn't even have services for them because of stipulations with funeral homes. And so we just felt there needed to be some sort of service for those that were mourning and grieving we also had upward sports this year, again, soccer and football, both. And those were tremendous ministries. Those have turned into two of the biggest ministries at First Baptist Church. We had a great Thanksgiving banquet this year. What a blessing that was. And I know it's just a fellowship, but best banquet we'd ever had. And it was just a blast. We also had a huge light night with, I don't know how many, 1,500 or so or 2,000 people. Even, even in the middle of a pandemic, we still had a good crowd for that. We did the Life of Christ drive-through again this year. Again, that was a tremendous event. We had hundreds and hundreds come and see that. Operation Christmas Child, uh, we did that again this year. We had over 1,000 boxes that you guys helped make here at the First Baptist Church for that. And we were also a pickup center for that. Throughout the year, we helped numerous families with financial needs, um, as well as an angel tree where many of you purchased and donated gifts to needed families. Also this last year, the first time we'd ever done this, our associate pastor, Chris Brown, began preaching once a month in our Sunday services, twice a month if I had COVID. <laughs> and so I'm thankful for Chris, and God has really blessed him in that. I'm, amen. I'm glad you're clapping because he's in the back, so he heard that. So the first service didn't clap, I'm just saying. So... <laughs> But that's a blessing. And people may ask, they really haven't asked me to my face, why are you letting somebody else preach on Sundays? That is unusual. First of all, we have a gifted preacher that's on staff, and he's got the gift of preaching. By the way, even Michael Masterpool preached once this last year. It was on Senior Recognition Day. And so we're going to make a preacher out of him too. <laughs> 
So it was an interesting year. It was just a blessed year. We continue to support our sister church, by the way, in the Philippines financially, and we continue to pray for them. First Faith Baptist Church, which is a First Baptist Church of Azul church plant in the Philippines, in Iloilo. Yeah. And I do know some of them watch our services online. Now, they're asleep because it's the middle of the night there, but they'll wake up tomorrow and watch the services. So we want to give a big hello to them. We completely changed our website this year to a more updated format. And don't, don't look at it, but after the service, look at it. And we established an app for First Baptist Church. I haven't looked at it, but I hear it's really nice. So also we have a podcast as well at First Baptist Church. That's something that is new as well. 2021 was a record-breaking year, by the way, in more than one way. And again, unlike any year in the history of our church, for one thing, financially, by the grace of God, even in the middle of a pandemic, we had the best uh, biggest financial year that we had ever had. It replaced the, the previous record-breaking year, which was the year before in 2020, uh, which was the first year of COVID. So God continues to bless us even with challenges like that. Amen. That is, that's something worth clapping and celebrating. In fact, for the first time in 23 years that I've been here, 24 years now, we actually exceeded our annual budget. We'd never made budget before. This year, we exceeded our budget by over $34,000. Amen. Amen. Now, we're not rich or anything financially. I don't want to give you that idea. You continue to tithe, but God has been good to us. And so many of you have been so faithful to give and tithe. So thank you for that. Also, a big part of the reason for our financial growth is because attendance and membership in, in First Baptist Church in 2021 increased significantly. Even in a pandemic year, almost every month we broke attendance records and have grown by 100 in attendance in less than 24 months. So since the pandemic started, we have had amazing growth here at First Baptist Church. First Baptist Church is growing by the grace of God. And our ministries are growing as well. For example, Roxanne, our worship leader, has shared with me that the music team and the band have grown to the point that she's able to rotate people in and out every single week, and that ministry continues to grow. We've always wanted to be able to do that, and, and now we're able to do that because we have so many volunteers. In fact, if we continue to grow at the same rate that we grew this year, it, not increasing our rate if we just continue to grow at the same rate by the end of next year, by the end of 2023, we'll be averaging 500 in worship on Sunday morning. Now, I want you to remember this because I've said this before. I don't have a particular goal of being a mega church. I'm not a big corporate kind of guy. Uh, I don't even like that word mega. But Azel is growing and we should be growing as well. I mean, that's just simple logic. You have to know that if Azel's growing, that God expects us to grow his kingdom in proportion to the growth of the community, at least that much, just to maintain the status quo. But I don't want to maintain the status quo. I want to change Azel. I, and let me tell you, you, you know the people here, they need Jesus. That's right. Well, God has a plan for them to get Jesus, and that's for you and I to tell them about Jesus. Amen. Amen. And uh, so God's kingdom must grow. So for this last year, 2021, first of all, I want to say thank you to God. It is by his mercy 
that he has blessed us so richly here at the church. And by the way, I'm not patting these numbers or puffing anything up. I'm telling you, God is good and he has blessed us here at the church. Also, you know, go ahead, give him, a, give him a round of applause. He deserves that. Also want to say thank you. You, the congregation here at First Baptist Church, you have been faithful. Obviously, you've been faithful to give. You've been faithful to attend. You're the ones that have been doing the mission work and the ministry work and teaching our children and our youth and our fellow adults. God is moving through you, and because of your willingness to, to answer the call, God has continued to bless our church. So thank you. For your faithfulness. Which brings us to our passage for today, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Love the passage. Paul says, I'm going to read it to you again. He says, be very careful then how you live. That's good advice right there. I can stop right there because a lot of people aren't very careful about how they live. He says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So you'll notice twice in this passage, he talks about wise and foolish. Did you see that? Now, it's an interesting letter, first of all. Paul wrote the, the church, uh, to the church in Ephesus this letter around 60 AD. He's in prison in Rome at the time. He helped establish the church in Ephesus, and so he knows that church very well and the people in that church. Most of the letters of Paul were spent, uh, or much of his time was spent, dealing with issues and heresies in the church. You think about the Galatians, oh foolish Galatians, he said, or the Corinthian church, the, the most messed up church ever. He had to deal with a lot of issues and heresies that were going around at the time, but not with the church in Ephesians. It's not why he wrote it. Didn't deal with any particular issues. In this letter, he got to share with them uh, how God desires for them to grow up and to mature and grow stronger and stronger in the kingdom of God. And that's what this passage is right here. So he says, uh, instead of being foolish, he says, I want you to live with wisdom. The first thing he says, he says, not as unwise, but as wise. You know what that means to me? That Paul and God is telling us to live with wisdom, to be wise. And you may be sitting there thinking, well, he, he doesn't know me because I'm just not that bright, spiritually speaking. Yes, God does know you. And I'm telling you, you have the choice. If you had no choice, he wouldn't tell you to do that. Live with wisdom. Live as someone who is wise. And you and I have access to that wisdom through the Holy Spirit. And so he's telling us here, access that wisdom that God has for you. Live as a wise person, not as a foolish person that are so prevalent in this evil world as he describes it. And so he actually tells us in this passage to do two things, that spiritually wise people do two things. And, and this, I'm just going to spend just a couple of minutes on this. And you can see it very clearly there. Two things that wise people do. Spiritually wise people first, they seize opportunity. He says, be careful how you live, not as wise, unwise, but as wise. And then having said that, he immediately says, making the most of every opportunity. There are opportunities in your life. You know what, Paul, he doesn't say this to them. Now, not all of you are going to have an opportunity. And you may not have opportunities this year, maybe it's next year or the year after or in 10 years. But whenever it comes along, then you can be wise and you can make the most of it. He doesn't say that. I guarantee you, I 
promise you, God has opportunities for you and I in 2022. And those opportunities will not be presented in 2023, 4, 5, or 2030. So if you're waiting to one year after this happens, or after I get this taken care of, or after, no. God has opportunity. Now, there are other opportunities you will have then, but there are opportunities in 2022 that you will never, ever have again. They will come and go. The question is, will you be like the wise person and seize those opportunities? Second, he says, understand what the, what the Lord's will is. Understand what God's will is. Now, let me ask you this. <clears throat> For people who don't understand God's will, what is the result in their life? What, what happens in your life? Nothing. <laughs> you just loiter through life. You're just drifting through the world until you die. You can do that. Billions do. But is that all you want from life? God wants more for you than for you to loiter and drift through life. God wants more through you and expects more from you than for you and I just to drift through life. He wants us to know what his will is. God's got a will. He's got a plan for you in 2022. Here's what I don't want you to do. And I don't want to do this myself at the end of 2022. I look back and go, oh, I missed that opportunity. Oh, I missed this opportunity over here. Oh, I should have done that. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. No. I want us to look back at 2022 and say, wow, what a great year. God did great things and we got to be a part of that. Don't miss God's will in 2022. <clears throat> and that is what I believe is God's vision for 2022. Whatever his will is that we seize that, make the most of every opportunity and glorify his name. So for 2022, I have two primary goals. As your pastor, you ever wonder, what does he want us to do? Well, here you go. <laughs> Number one, I believe that God is leading us in 2022. I, I call this the year of missions and evangelism. The year of missions and evangelism. All of our ministries, um, hands-on missions, uh, of all of our ministries, I'm sorry, hands-on missions has taken the biggest hit because of COVID. Our mission team of youth that went to uh, St. Louis, they go to St. Louis every year, it got canceled. They actually showed up here packed, ready to go, and some of them tested positive for COVID, so we had to cancel it. Our mission team that goes to Navajo Indians in New Mexico, that ended up being canceled as well. We haven't been able to be in the Philippines in two years. We had to cancel those plane tickets. We'd already bought the tickets and, and everything else, and all of that had to be canceled. Well, in 2022, we're going to be back on track. This year, in 2022, our children, excuse me, our youth will be going to St. Louis and will be doing mission work and evangelism work in St. Louis. This year, our mission team to Navajo Indians is going back to New Mexico to minister to Navajo Indians. This year, we even have a group of sign language uh, in our sign language group that's going to Jamaica. Is it Jamaica? 
Yeah, and so that's a new place we haven't been to. And all of these are an opportunity, along with the ministries of this church, like Vacation Bible School. We're going to have Vacation Bible School on property this year. And so all of these ministries combined give us an opportunity to win as many people to Christ as possible. And let me tell you, this is something I've noticed throughout the years. In fact, when we first started growing here many, many years ago, um, uh, I noticed that when we went to the Philippines and people got saved in the Philippines, they never came to visit our church. They were never here. But when people got saved there, the church began to grow here. God began to bless us here because those salvations matter to God. They're fruit bearing. And so it doesn't matter. I don't care if it's there in St. Louis or New Mexico or the Philippines or Jamaica. I don't care. As long as they get saved, God's going to bless us for bearing good fruit. So this is the year, I'm calling it the year of missions and evangelism. I also want to start restart Mission Azel this year, especially in light of all the new housing developments that are springing up all over the area. Somebody needs to share the gospel with them. Somebody needs to invite them to church. And so I'm committed to doing that this year. So it is number one, the year of missions and evangelism. I told you there are two primary goals. That's number one. Number two, it's a year of beginning. A year of beginning. I told you that we project that we will be averaging more than 500 by the end of next year. Now the good news is we can accommodate 500. We have enough room in this service and in particularly the, the first service, which is a much smaller service, to, to fill up that service. And we can flat out accommodate 500 people in our worship service now to fill up both services. But we can do that. And so I want us to, to do that. We can do that. We have the facilities for that. The bad news is we don't have the facilities for any more than 500 we're going to cap out at 500. If Azel continues to grow, and it will, that's too bad. We're already capped out at 500. And that's a problem for me because I think it's a problem for us. I think, by the way, again, I'm more than happy to continue to pastor a church of 70. That's what we had when I came here. It's a lot simpler. <laughs> but I don't want to have that conversation on Judgment Day. Why? I put you right in the middle of a growing town and really, 70, that's all you did? Or really, 300, that's all you did? I just want God to be pleased with us as we fulfill our commission in Christ. Do we want the kingdom of God to plateau or to grow? Cherry and I are so thankful for this church. She's not here right now. She came to the early service this morning. Bless her heart, after working a 14-hour shift, uh, she, she came into church. She had to sit through my sermon. You think you're tired? <laughs> um, she begged me. Oh, I shouldn't tell you. <laughs> I think you know. We are so thankful for this church. I teach a small group class on Thursday nights, a Sunday school class. By the way, we meet in the lobby at 6.30. All of you are welcome to attend. And many of them are fairly new members here at First Baptist Church. And this week, I shared with them a little bit of the testimony of, of how we began in 1998 with that 70 or 72 people and how God has blessed us and what caused us to end up coming over here from there. Somebody asked, what, you know, why, why did you come over here from there? And so I, I began to reminisce with them. And when you get a preacher to reminiscing, you're in for a long uh, conversation. 
But I also noticed this, and I told them when we started moving forward as a church, most of the church was on board. And there are some of you here. I see uh, Roger and Jan over there, for example, uh, who remember and some others that were so faithful back there. And Effie is here uh, and some others. Bobby, you've been here for a long time. I can't see everybody from the lights, but we, we had some people that were so faithful. And most of Earl and, and of course, Floor. We imported Floor, my mother-in-law. And um, that worked out pretty good, didn't it, Earl? You're welcome, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, but, but early on uh, with that group, most of them stayed. But as soon as we began moving forward, some of them bailed. They, they, again, they, that just frightened them. And I can understand why some would be frightened from that. As soon as we started moving forward, we bought the land and some left. We voted uh, some years later to begin to build and others left. Not a lot, just a few. I actually had some of them say to me, Pastor, I prefer a small country church. I actually had a lady come and gripe me out about, about a year ago. Hadn't been here in a decade. And she grabbed me out. She said, that was a great little church across the street. What did you go and ruin it for? I actually said that. Thought I messed it up. She found that to be comfortable, a comfortable place for her. Well, I've told you, in God's kingdom, God doesn't care about your comfort. <laughs> we are here for a purpose, to build the kingdom not to be comfortable. We are his servants. We are his ambassadors. And our preferences are not the issue. God's kingdom is the issue. And God's kingdom is not a comfort club. Now, the rest of what happened is that because of the faith and the sacrifice of most of our membership at the time, we are now able to minister here to many more people than we can minister to over there. Witness to so many more. Worship with so many more. Have so many more programs and ministries and mission endeavors that we could never do when we were over there. As a church of 500, we can do more. As a church of 700, we can do more. However many God brings our way, I want us to work together for his glory in the kingdom of God. If it's 500 or 5,000, I don't care. I don't care. As long as we're being responsible with God's kingdom and bearing good fruit. The kingdom must grow. So that brings us to today. I want to begin a, a, a new journey with you starting now in 2022. Now this is a multi-year journey but I want to begin it now. I want to show you something. Uh, when, <laughs> when we got ready to build, uh, I, and I don't know if I've told you this, we, we hired an architect. He, he drew up this terrible plan. It was for a one-story one building, half the size of this, and, and it was just not a good plan. So we fired him. I fired him. And uh, my music minister and I, I said to him, I said, we could draw a better plan than that. It was not good. Because I wanted a two-story building, and the architect said, no, you don't want two-story. And I thought, yeah, I do, actually. And so that's why we have a two-story. So I sat down with a little computer program that I had, Punch Home Architect was what it was called, and I drew this building. And the music minister got together with me, and he helped me with dimensions and sizes, and we designed this building. For better or for worse, we designed this building. 
and the sanctuary and everything in it. And bless their hearts, the congregation was so sweet, uh, or I'll say gullible, but they were, they were so sweet and trusting of me. They let me choose all the paint colors and the carpet colors. We had no committee for any of that. They just let me do whatever I wanted to do. Thank you guys for doing that. Uh, that was a tremendous step of trust. So if you see something you don't like in here, I'm sorry, it's my fault. But, but our music minister at the time, Jim Porterfield, he, he and I together began to sense where God was leading us as a church. And it was a multi-phase vision that God gave us. And phase one was the first floor. Phase two was the second floor. The second floor, when we opened up, was just subfloor. There were, no, there were no walls or electricity or anything up there. It was just emptiness. And so we thought when we filled up phase one, then we would build phase two as the, the finances improved. Well, God blessed us and we filled up phase one in the first month. And so immediately we started building phase two, which is the second floor and finished that a year later. But it wasn't a two-phase plan, uh, not a two-phase vision. It was a three-phase vision and we have not yet gotten to phase three. So even at the time, and this picture I'm going to show you is actually 14 years old, and it is of our, uh, of our rendering of this church. So here's the, this is before we built this church. This is the big dream. And so we got pretty close, did we not? To, it looks pretty similar to what we have. Now, I didn't get my stained glass windows. You see those stained glass windows? Yeah, we couldn't afford those. Anyway... Um, so we built the church here, but what you need to know, it, it, first of all, that's phase three to the right. That's, that was the plan 14 years ago, and I haven't thrown this in your face in 14 years. It's time. It's time for us to be thinking about, praying about, at some point, not in 2022, but we need to start planning toward that because I believe that God is calling us to grow, or, or he is growing us. Uh, and so that's on the right. It is a sanctuary that will seat 1,400 people. Now, if you'll see the roof on, on this uh, building that we currently have, there's a line across the roof. That's the back of our current building. That's this wall right here. Now, everything back behind that is, well, right on top of the parsonage, basically. And so we're going to move or remove the parsonage, and we're going to build a, a building that connects with the new building that will have room for new youth department and children's ministries and um, uh, those sorts of things, uh, education space. And so that is the plan for First Baptist Church in the future. Now, I pray that this plan, this vision is accomplished in my lifetime. And yeah, amen, because I don't want to die. Um, <laughs> I would rather uh, start on that sooner rather than later. Now, don't, don't panic. I'm not asking you to get your pocketbook out or anything like that. Do they have pocketbooks now? I don't know. You get your app out or whatever. I'm not asking you to do that, but there are some challenges that we have as we, there, there are reasons we can't do this yet. We're not ready. And so there's some plans that we need to begin to make and we need to begin a dialogue and talk about it and pray about it. And God will lead and God will guide as our church grows. People are always saying, well, you know, we'll do these big things when the church grows, well, the church is growing. So if not now, then when? I just felt impressed that God, uh, that, that God put on my heart, it is time for us to begin to move forward. Again, remember what Paul said, live as wise and seize every opportunity. And God is giving us opportunity. 
You're in our prayers. That God will guide and he will provide as he has so richly done in the past and here in the present. I know none of you are rich by American standards. I'm not rich either. And I understand that there are all kinds of things we could be spending our money on, but so many of you have been so faithful. And if you've been going here very long, and I've mentioned this from time to time, I don't browbeat you about money. Many of you have never heard me mention it. I don't talk about it. Now, if you stop tithing, <laughs> yeah. But, um, but you've been so faithful. <laughs> it was so faithful. I remember, again, I, I know I told you this probably recently, but when the pandemic started, there was talk about what are we going to do for an offering because it can't pass that plate. We'll, we'll infect everybody. And there were these boxes back there, and one of the staff says, would we just let them put, put their tithe in? And I said, no, 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 they won't tithe if there's no plate. I was wrong. I was so wrong. And so uh, thank you. You're just faithful to tithe. So thank you for doing that. I acknowledge that as just a simple step of trusting God. You're trusting God. And so thank you for putting your trust that God will take care of you financially. We had a wonderful thing happen this year. And I think she's here right now. Just a month or two ago, I told you that one of our church members that was here 24 years ago has, has been away and has now rejoined the church. We had lunch with her, Cherry and I did, a week or so ago, and at, at this lunch we sat down and it was a wonderful time together because y you and I that have been here a long time, we see slowly the blessings come. And those of you who are new, you just see what's around you and you don't know what it used to be like those asbestos ceilings and that lead paint and uh, the, the, you know, the old building, you didn't see any of that. But she did. And she didn't see the in-between those many years. She just came back and she shared with us a wonderful testimony of her just wow moment when she came into God's house and she saw how God has been blessing us over the last 24 years. She's shocked at how God has, how far God has brought us. Well, listen to me. And by the way, uh, she should be shocked. We should all be shocked. God is so good. Ten years from now, for those of you that are here, ten years from now, I want you to be shocked at what God does beginning in 2022 in the life of First Baptist Church. Expect great things. Desire to be a part of God's miracles. I want to see Azel saved. They need salvation. And I want to share Christ with them. And I want you to join with us as we do that here at the First Baptist Church. Pray with me. Father, we come to you today and we acknowledge that in light of all of our frailties and all of my frailties as well, you've been so good to us. Your mercy your love, your direction. Thank you for allowing us to be here. Thank you for allowing us to be here during this time and this moment in the church's history. We ask and pray only that you're glorified through this church this year. We ask and pray only that you are pleased with this church this year. As we work together as one and everyone does their part, that we can, in some small way, build your kingdom to bring you glory. 
As you're praying, no one's looking around. Can I challenge you this morning? And there may be one of several things you can do to be a part of what God is doing here at First Baptist Church. Maybe God is calling you to join the church. By the way, it doesn't cost anything. There's no test to take. There's no covenant or no, no um, contract to sign. I know some churches actually do that, but we don't do that here. You just come down and say, Pastor, I want to be a part of this church. I want to join. And maybe you've give, never given your life to Christ, and I want you to know of all the steps God has for you in your life, step one is to give your life to Jesus Christ. You want to, might want to do that this morning. Come down and say, Pastor, I'd like to surrender my life to Jesus. How do I do that? And I'll talk with you and pray with you. And today can be the day of your salvation. And God will change your life for his glory. Maybe you just want to come down and pray and say, God, thank you for 2021. It was a blessing. It was a wonderful year. In light of this dark world, thank you for blessing us. Or maybe you want to come down and get on your knees and say, God, for 2022, or right where you are, God, for 2022, I lift it up to you. May you be glorified this year. If God is leading you to make a decision during this time of invitation, this is your opportunity. Would you stand? Everyone stand. No one's looking around. As you pray, right now, you come.